Hey guys, it's me, Apoorva. And before I get into the actual podcast episode this week, I just wanted to say I think you can tell a lot by how much a reader likes a book, by how beat up their copy is, because the copy of this week's book that I have on hand with me right now, I think it actually went through World War Three in my backpack because of how much I've read it, like how many times I've read it. Um, and yeah, so this week's book is called The Namesake by Jhumpa You guys probably have heard of this book if you are an Indian American kid growing up, or even if you're not, it is a pretty big book. Um, but I just want to give a little disclaimer before like I start. This isn't going to be like a big summary or explanation of the book. Um, it's just gonna be like the things that resonated the most for me, uh, to me. Like, there are a lot of really big things that I can talk about thematically within this book, but if I did go in depth into like every single like connecting idea or motif or whatever, this episode would be really, really, really long. Um, I'm totally open to doing longer episodes in the future, but uh, one. My main focus is what I personally took from this book, and while I do appreciate some elements and themes, like, some things didn't stand out to me as much as others, and two, I'm not really ready to commit that much time to talk about and analyze everything in this book, plus I don't want this episode to be, like, freaking, like, an hour and a half long anyway. Um, but yeah, so again, this week's book is The Namesake by Jambala Hiri. Um, I'm just gonna read the blurb in the back for anyone who hasn't re- read it yet or anything. So it reads, Meet the Ganguly family, new arrivals from Kolkata trying their best to become Americans even as they pine for home. The name they bestow on their firstborn, Gogol, betrays all the conflicts of honoring tradition in a new world. Conflicts that will haunt Gogol on his own winding path through dividing loyalties, comic detours, and wrenching love affairs. Winner of the Pulitzer Prize for her story collection, Interpreter of Maladies, Dumpa Lahiri brilliantly illuminates the immigrant experience and the tangled ties between generations. So, as the blurb mentions, Dumpa Lahiri did in- win many awards, including a Pulitzer Prize for Interpreter of Maladies. Uh, inter- I'm actually reading The Interpreter of Maladies right now, and it's a collection of short stories, which I really do recommend so far. It's pretty good. Her work tends to focus on feeling uprooted between our roots and where we ended up assimilating to, and her writing seems to be characterized by simple language, which I think really makes a big difference. I'll talk about it throughout like the duration of this episode. But basically, she uses uh, simple language paired with really in-depth descriptions of setting and people. Personally, I found it to be a nice addition, but also like a slow read at times. Um, in the beginning, it does read a bit slow, but I think it does set up the comparisons to American culture nicely uh, throughout the work, and I think it does have a nice-ish payoff. Um, personally, I didn't love it at all times, but I think it was done nicely throughout the work. 
And definitely, like, the shift of focus from the parents' point of view to Nikhil's point of view, Gogol. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll be referring to him, the son, as Nikhil and not Gogol, just because that's how he identifies throughout, like, most of the book once he grows up. But, yeah, something I did appreciate was that we went from the parents' POV from moving from West Bengal to America to like you know the birth of Nikhil and his little sister Sonia and then it switches perspectives to Nikhil's point of view like growing up going to kindergarten going through high school and then you know joining the world in college and after college and all of that so that was something I appreciated but an issue that I did have with this book is that it didn't seem like there was a driving plot or an end goal until very late in the book when spoiler alert Nikhil's dad Ashok passes away so I think like I think part of the point of this book was to chronicle an average immigrant struggle but I do think that some of the parts were a bit difficult to get through because it didn't seem like there was an end goal or anything until after that major like plot detail and that wasn't until like the very end of the book you know However, I do think that this style of writing does have a lot of really cool, like, prose for it. Um, it kind of reminded me of the book Kim Ji Young, Born 1982 by Choi Namju, in that both books chronicle, like, an everyman experience. Um, and I think that style in itself provides a lot of social commentary. I mean, in my opinion, because there's no, like, surreal, like, huge conflict. Like, I don't know, like, aliens from Earth. There's some, like, natural disaster or something, you know? Like, there weren't any, like, super crazy things like that. But the biggest conflicts are all, like, realistic things that a ton of immigrant families and families in general experience. So, like, Ashok's passing and things like that. Those are all, like, very, like, normal and, like, I guess... Things that families have to navigate a lot, like, a lot more frequently, and because it's something that so many people experience, both in our, like, culture and, uh, you know, just globally, it's something that everyone experiences, I think you can definitely see how these things both affect our decisions and are also affected by our upbringing, um, which I definitely really appreciated about this writing style in general. So moving on from my long tangent about the writing style, not really tangent, I think it's relevant, but anyway, <laughs> moving on, um, I really like that certain elements were kept the same throughout all of this change. So for example, the house that Nikhil grows up in on Pemberton Road, most of the story Ha at least in Nick Hill's life, like after they move to the US and everything, most of the story happens in that house until he like, you know, leaves eventually for like college and all of that. Um, and even then whenever he comes home, it is to that house. Um, and I think that the small house kind of served as a way for Nick Hill to contrast his future future relationships with. So, for example, he distinctly compares Maxine's family, house, and gatherings to his own. And this definitely highlights the difference between us and them. Um, it has a larger context. So, if you haven't read the book or anything, um, basically growing up in his household, right? 
his parents would have these really like big like house gatherings where they would invite a lot of um other bengali families and everything and it'd be a way to have a whole like community over and socialize and all of that and i don't know like i feel like in our culture at least it's very common to have those such like large gatherings and stuff and people coming over to our house but also like you know our parents were the ones like organizing it which meant that they instead of like enjoying it or interacting with other people or anything they were mainly like trying to i don't know like keep the gathering together and like serving food and things like that um whereas in maxine's family like whenever they would have gatherings and stuff it would only be like a handful of people and they would all sit at the table together and you know they would really be at like the center of um the like gathering and all that which i thought was a very i don't know i thought i was i really glad that this was highlighted um throughout the book now this was one of the examples where i think that the writing style was both a pro and a con because it was really cool to like see how things like this were contrasted like compared and contrasted however like i do think that this you know simple writing style that um Jabalaji has like I don't know it was moments like this when i wish that she had adopted more of a show not tell attitude because i think that some of the descriptions that she had like a lot of the in-depth descriptions you know they were nice at times to read however i think it did take away from the general flow and i wish that you know like i said there was more of a show don't tell because if it just happened like once or twice throughout the book and it's not a long book either like it's only like 250 pages um i don't know the fact that there were multiple instances where i had to pause and like think about the fact that it was more tell instead of showing um i think it did take away a little bit from the overall book also guys we're like 10 minutes in and it's sounding like all I'm doing is criticizing her writing style, but I really do like the writing style in some capacity as well. Um, I like that she didn't use over-the-top, like, super, like, fancy language and all of that, because I think this, like, simple language and all of that really, I don't know, it makes it a nice read and it really helps us to relate more to it. It just, it sounds like I'm completely, like, shitting on a writing style which i'm definitely not <laughs> now going back to like comparing and contrasting you know american cult culture versus indian culture um there's like you know obviously a lot of ways that maxine's family and his family are shown to differ which really serves as a way to speak about the differences in culture as a whole and certainly like his old house on Pemberton road that's not the only way that this is shown and it's also shown through his kind of i guess like culture shock even though he grew up in the states and like was born here too um him getting intimate with like you know this like white american girl um it really does show the differences and i'll get to that in a bit but first something i want to talk about is like the roles of names throughout this book 
Okay, I literally don't know why I said it like that. I'm not talking about the rules of the names in this book. Okay, whatever. Um, uh, yeah, so anyway, um, names are such a huge part of the book. I mean, it's called the namesake for a reason. It's super symbolic. And initially, Gogol was meant to be just like a pet name. And so when Gogol was entered into school in kindergarten, his parents had asked the teachers and everyone to call him Nikhil because um, they wanted like a formal name for him, you know, rather than just like a nickname. It's kind of like how like Telugu parents will call their children like Bangaram or something. I don't know, it's like pet names. Um, but Nikhil, who had grown up only hearing the name Gogol, like his parents calling him that growing up, he refused to be called Gogol and instead wanted to be, er, sorry, he refused to be called Nikhil and wanted to be called Gogol throughout his classes. And so that's what they did. However, once he left for college, um, I don't know, he kind of grew to resent parts of his identity. And so once he started college, he legally changed his name to Nikhil. And his dad even said at one point, like, this is America, you can do what you want or something along those lines. And so he changes his name to Nikhil, and in college, he starts introducing himself as Nikhil. And at this point in the book, it, he, Nikhil's finding it easier to, like, ignore his parents, and he's starting to do, you know, more, quote, American things, so, like, getting a fake ID and drinking. He, like, lost his virginity, which is another thing, because, like, growing up in such a culture as our own, I think usually it's a pretty big thing in our lives, like the first time that any of us have sex. Um, I haven't, but um, <laughs> that's a whole different problem that I have. <laughs> but um, anyway, but like here, um, Jhumpa Lahiri talks about him losing his virginity in like such a nonchalant way, like it's no such big deal. Um, which I thought was a really, like, important shift because that's when he started, I don't know, kind of not necessarily taking on a new name because that's the name his parents chose for him and everything. Um, but yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting that he's becoming more, like, quote, American now that he's in college and all of that. However, there was one particular excerpt during this whole part of the book that I, you know, I thought was really important which guys I promise I have better adjectives to describe things than I just thought that it was important um but I think you guys follow what I mean but yeah anyway so this part and I have it out it reads there's only one complication he doesn't feel like Nikhil not yet part of the problem is that the people who now know him as Nikhil have no idea that he used to be Gogol they know him only in the present, not at all in the past. But after 18 years of Gogol, two months of Nikhil felt scant and inconsequential. At times, he feels as if he's cast himself in a play, acting the parts of twins, indistinguishable to the naked eye, yet fundamentally different. At times, he still feels his old name, painfully and without warning, the way his front tooth had unbearably throbbed in recent weeks after a filling. The reddening 
for an instant to sever from his gums when he drank coffee or ice water, and once when he was riding an elevator. He fears being discovered, having the whole charade somehow unravel, and in nightmares his files are exposed, his original name printed on the front page of the Yale Daily News. Once he signs his own name by mistake on a credit card slip at the college bookstore, and occasionally he has to hear Nikhil three times before he answers. And this whole paragraph shows his, I guess, shame of his old name, but more so shame of his, like, hyphenated identity, because at the core, we are Indian-American, and especially when you grow up in a traditional household, as he did and as I did, and, you know, you go to college and you're alone for the first time and you get to choose how you identify, um, there's that, I guess, shame, even if you don't mean for it to be shame, there is still a little bit of shame, like, oh my god, what if, like, people find out this, like, old part of me, and... I think that, like, growing up, at some point, you're probably gonna be, like, feeling that a little bit of shame or whatever, and obviously, like, you should be proud of your identity and stuff, but, like, especially in middle school, like, I remember someone made- so, like, I have a brother who's also my age, and, like, I remember in middle school, at some point, someone told me, like, wow, you're growing a mustache earlier than your brother, or something like that, and, like, guys, that shit hurts, um, and I remember there was a period in my life for a few years where, like, I stopped speaking my mother tongue, and I just felt so ashamed to, like, you know, have this part of my identity, but, like, you know, I think at this point in the book, he definitely is ashamed, and I think that it's definitely a big part of kind of our upbringings in another place, especially if you don't grow up around a lot of other desi people because like growing up i didn't have that many like desi friends like in my school or anything like just demographically speaking but now that i'm in college um there's a lot of desi people and there's also a lot of international students and like i don't see any of them being ashamed of their identity all i see is people like celebrating like who they are which i i just think is really cool to see how like your upbringing and like even where you grow up in the u.s for example how it can affect you because like i do think that throughout the namesake nikhil doesn't really grow up around a whole lot of other desi people and so as a result it can be a little bit isolating and there is a lot more of like them versus us and i think that um, Junkala Hiri does a really good job of, like, contrasting, like, that feeling of them versus us. Even though, like, we are American, we still experience things a lot differently than, like, other Americans do because of our, you know, background. Another thing I did want to talk about on the topic of names is that Nikhil's name is still mispronounced even though it's two syllables like Nikhil like people pronounce it like Nikhil and stuff in the book or like they just shorten it to Nick which like guys it's two syllables like it's not that difficult I think 
but um whatever <laughs> so another thing that i wanted to talk about which i brought up briefly earlier but i did want to go in depth into was how ashok's death impacted the family as a whole and how the dynamics changed from there and that requires a little bit of going back into the story to i think what is my favorite part of the whole book so global is on a train back to home at this point and the the train suddenly stops like it starts moving really slowly and then they're like behind schedule and then the train stops and it stops for like a really long time for like an hour and a half like two hours it stops and they initially said that it was some like broken wire or something but then they had all found out that someone had committed suicide someone had jumped from the train or like in front of the train and so that's why they stopped and it was a medical emergency and all of that and the thing was that his father Gogol's father Ashok was trying supposed to pick him up from the train station but the train didn't get there for like two hours after it was supposed to and so you know his father had just been waiting for like two hours um and you know so like Gogol was explaining that like there was an accident and someone you know jumped and they were he was trying to call him but like they were waiting for the police or whatever um and so then it was just kind of like a quiet drive back home and on the drive home his father says like hey I want to tell you something about your name and he says like there's a reason that I you know named you Gogol and Ashok, quote, tells Gogol the story of the train he'd ridden 28 years ago in October 1961 on his way to visit his grandfather in Jamshedpur. He tells him about the night that had nearly taken his life and the book that had saved him and about the year afterward where he had been unable to move, end quote. And up until this point, Gogol thinks that he was named Gogol because his father just had this like weird obsession with the Russian author Nikolai Gogol. But instead, like he's finding out that like his dad was in this really big accident and that's why he had a limp um, for some time. And when Gogol responds, he initially sounds angry, but behind all that anger is a whole lot of hurt. And he says, and I quote, Though there are only inches between them, for an instant his father is a stranger, a man who has kept a secret, has survived a tragedy, a man whose past he does not fully know, a man who is vulnerable, who has suffered in an inconceivable way. And like, they go back and forth a bit after this. He Gogol says like, why didn't I know this about you? And his father says like, you know, it never felt the right time. And then they get out of the car and this point the next two paragraphs are like the reason why i love this book and the reason why i keep coming back to it because it really humanizes his parents and it reads and suddenly the sound of his pet name uttered by his father as he has been accustomed to hearing it all his life means something completely new bound up with a catastrophe he has unwittingly embodied for years is that what you think of when you think of me? Gogol asks him. Do I remind you of that night? Not at all, his father says eventually, one hand going to his ribs, a habitual gesture that has baffled Gogol until now. You remind me of everything that followed. 
guys those two paragraphs that i just read like it holds so much weight and i think this was really a turning point in the novel when gogol finally starts to humanize his parents like they're not just out to get him you know because up until now like his parents have been super traditional they had all these rules and it was just like i don't know it kind of felt like him versus them and kind of like his like american side versus their traditional indian side and now he just gets hit with this thing that like you know his name might remind him of this really big tragedy that happened to him but instead it just reminds his father of how grateful he is to have children and like that just really really guys i had to reread that entire chapter like several times when i first read it it was just so like beautifully written and i think that's one of the reasons why i did like jungle ahead's writing style because like this is such a big i don't know like they see child experience we grew up thinking like oh my god like i don't understand why your parents are so strict etc 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 or you know so stingy with certain things stingy about certain rules etc but to our parents like it's not that complicated like they love their children and everything that they do is because of their love even his father like keeping thing keeping that really big important part of his life away from his child is just to, just to protect him like i just think that the author did such a good job at humanizing the parents while also showing how it impacted the child because they're both totally valid and totally real things that we experience simultaneously so it's definitely a detail or not a detail like a part of the book that i really did appreciate now i wanted to talk about how ashok's eventual death affected the family and like how the dynamics really changed from there so first of all this was the i know i haven't talked about gogol's mom ashima very much but this was the first time that she had ever lived alone like she went straight from like at such a young age i don't remember exactly how old she was but she was pretty young when she got married but she went from being someone's daughter to being someone's wife just like that you know like it was such a quick transition for her and she never got to experience what life was like alone you know and i think that's such a common experience with our parents like i know for me like my mom got married when she was like really young as well like 1920 and i think in this book especially you know ashima was never given the opportunity to just be ashima instead of you know someone's wife someone's mother someone's daughter all of that and so now that you know her children were all grown up and her husband you know suddenly died um this was the first time that she was experiencing being alone like not just alone but like like in physical like there's nobody else around or anything you know like at night or whatever but like you know not being tied to anyone else and she does eventually move out of this home the home on like Pemberton Road which i think it's such a big transition in her life 
And this is kind of the note that I wanted to finish this episode on. Um, because throughout the book, especially in the first part of the book in which Gogo is not fully grown up yet, his parents go through a lot of struggles and a lot of culture shocks. And because, you know, the two of them came to the U.S. in like, what is it, like the 70s, the 80s, um, to like start their family this was before like the internet and all of that and it's not like they had any other family in america like all of the bengali friends that they eventually knew they didn't know coming in they like made those friends just out of proximity but because they were alone and there wasn't really any internet that was like part of the reason why his uh they named his son they named their son Gogol because they couldn't consult with Ashok's mother or anyone. Um, there was a lot of struggles that they had to experience that we we as like readers know because you know we're seeing it through their POV throughout the beginning portion of the the story. But Nikhil and his sister Sonia don't really hear any of that growing up because there's such a big culture of like not telling your kids about the struggles i mean i know i experienced that with my parents like sometimes it's like kind of funny but also kind of sad because like sometimes we'll just be talking about whatever and they'll they'll just like pull up the most like traumatic thing that they experienced when they first moved to the u.s and then just like brush it off like it's nothing but that is something that i wanted to touch on there was this quote in this book that reads um Gogo was reminded that in all his life, he had never witnessed a single moment of physical affection between his parents. Whatever love exists between them is an utterly private, uncelebrated thing. I think that part of the book, and I believe in this part of the book, he was contrasting his parents to the parents of, I think, Maxine. And because I guess her parents are always super affectionate, you know, they're like an American family and all of that. So they regularly express their love and affection for each other. And I think it's such a big thing about like expressing your love or affection. Because I know personally, I experienced similar things with my parents, like not expressing it very much between each other. And to continue on with that sentiment, the last quote that I just kind of wanted to talk about was as follows. For being a foreigner, Ashima is slowly beginning to realize is a sort of lifelong pregnancy, perpetual weight, a constant burden, a continuous feeling out of sorts. And I just, I don't know, like raising a child itself is really hard, but raising them in an unfamiliar place and trying to give them a better life and then as they grow up your kids not really being ungrateful but not really seeing that so overall i do think that in this book the kind of intergenerational relationships are written so well because it's not just between two generations it's also between two cultures and so there are things that you know his Gogol's parents were frustrated about that he would or wouldn't do and then there were things that his parents would do that he got frustrated about that they would or wouldn't do and so I just think that it just opens up a whole lot of 
more channels for like miscommunication and all that i don't think that was grammatically correct you guys i apologize for that but yes those are my big takeaways from this book i personally on goodreads i gave this book a solid four out of five stars in my head i gave it 4.5 out of five stars but on goodreads you can't really do that um, and I, I just, I had to knock off points for, like, how slow the book read at times. Because sometimes you would have these super wholesome experiences or these super, like, I don't know, these experiences that really advanced the plot or whatever. But then you would have, like, chapters or upon chapters where it's like, it doesn't feel like there's very much happening. Like, chapters that just feel like they could just be cut out or whatever. And I just, that's something that I personally, like, despise about books is when there's, like, super action, not action-filled, but, like, plot-driven parts. And then there's just kind of a lull for some time. Like, I don't know. I think that the pacing could have used a little bit of work in this book. And, like, while I do appreciate slice-of-life books, um, I think that's what you call this type of book. Just, like, the regular, like, stories of, like, people. While I do appreciate these types of books, and I do think that they did a good job of just kind of coming full circle, I guess. With the beginning of the book talking about how he got his name to the end of the book where, you know, Gogol is looking through his father's books and all of that. I just, I think... She could have done a bit more work with making the characters, especially Gogol, slightly more likable. Like, I don't- that sounds really mean when I say it like that, but I just don't think that he's such a likable character that I wanted to root for him the entire book. Especially since, like, low-key, the number of relationships he had was kind of a player. But, like, I don't know. That's just my opinion, guys. Please don't, like, attack me for that. I just didn't really find him that likable of a character. But I think the whole point is that, like, he's simply responding to his upbringing. And honestly, like, his parents were probably far more likable than any of the other characters in the book. And, um... I don't know if this is just me, but like I remember in high school I was in the IB program. Sorry if you guys can hear the thunder. Oh my god, it's like raining really bad here. But anyway, I was in, I remember specifically I was in IB in high school and we had like the four thousand word essay, like the what's called the extended essay. And I think at certain points I was just writing for the sake of like filling the word count. And low key, that's kind of what reading this book felt like. Because I feel like a large part of it, like I mentioned earlier, was like exposition, I guess. Like not really very plot heavy until like literally like the very end of the book. <laughs> but for that reason, I did have to give it four out of five stars on Goodreads. And yeah, that's pretty much all that I had left to cover in this podcast. Uh, make sure you do follow me on Instagram at Hideshi Voices. I'll link it down in the link it down in the description. Um, I'm in my YouTube area right now. But anyway, let me know what you guys think about this book and any differing opinions or anything that you guys had. I really do like to hear what other people feel about the same books. And yeah, until then, stay safe. 
stay happy and just stay and i'll see you next week signing off for now bye